Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. Okay, Acts chapter 2. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 1, all the way to verse 13. If you don't mind, could we stand for the reading of the word, please? And uh, we're going to read it out loud all together. You notice David's like, all right. See, he grew up Pentecostal as well because you stand for the reading of the word. And you say things like, all right, all right. Yep. Let's go. Okay, y'all ready? Verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a, like a mighty rushing wind, and it, the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and they were all with the Holy Spirit and began to, in, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and at this The multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was them in his own. Y'all got it. Verse seven. And they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these who are Galileans? How is it that we, each of us in his own native? Y'all got it. You see, the reason I'm doing this is because I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you see how often that it's a sound and that they're hearing and that somebody is speaking. Yeah. All right. Remember, revival is anything but tame and quiet. Yeah. All right. So there's a lot of supernatural sights, sounds, and speeches happening. Verse 9, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We, oh, there it is again. Them in our own, the mighty works of God. And all were amazed saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking and said they are, there's filling again with new wine. Man, that could be one of the reasons why people don't want to be filled by the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues because they know that it's possible they might get made fun of. They might be turned into a meme, right? That's possible. But I heard one guy say, the more of God will only cost you your dignity. So I don't know what the baptism is going to look like. I don't know what the infilling is going to look like. I don't know when the time is going to come that you're going to be uh, speaking as the Spirit provides utterance. But I do know this, it is good because it is the promise of the Father and it is the blessing of the Holy Spirit. So the title of the message today is Filled to Overflowing. Filled to Overflowing. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. We ask that you would fill each and every one of us today to overflowing In Jesus' name, and the church said, on your way to your seat, ask your neighbor, do you want to be filled? Do you want to be filled? Are you sure? Uh, We used to say around here all the time, I'm feeling filled. How was church today? I'm feeling filled. 
that just puts you in a mood to sing, even if you can't sing, you know what I mean? I'm feeling filled. It's a good day, I'm filled up. What did you see there? In Acts chapter two, we see that the room was filled. Then we see that the disciples, they were filled, meaning they were baptized. And then they overflowed with the power of the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues. I hit on this last week, but real quick. Remember, you're not full from God's perspective until you're overflowing. You think about whenever you're pumping gas, you know, how many of you men in the room, you got to get it exact. That's me. I don't want $19.05. I'm going to have $20. Even if I think, you know what, I'm going to put 50 in. If I accidentally put 50, 57, we're going to have $51 in the tank that day. Anybody else, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's some OCD or what it is, but I just need it to be rounded up. It's just, it's like a law, right? right? You just round it up. Thank God whenever Jesus gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit, he don't just round up. He keeps his hand on the pump until it's dripping all over the parking lot because he doesn't consider us to be full till we're overflowing. He anoints my head with oil and my cup, it overflows. God says you're full when you're leaking. Man, I'm so full. I'm so full of the Holy Spirit. Everybody's going to know because it's pouring out of me. And that's what took place in Acts chapter two. They were so full with the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit had to make his way out of their lips. Now, I I grew up in Kentucky. We did some weird science experiments in school, probably weren't legal here in Tennessee. But I remember one time a teacher telling us, hey, grab hold of that electrical thing. I don't remember how powerful it was. And then hold on to your neighbor's hand and you're going to feel it even though they're touching it. Because when you grab hold of electrical power, electricity has to go somewhere. That's why when you lay hands on some, you know, you see the, the doctrine of the laying on of hands, you have somebody so full of the power of the Holy Spirit, they lay hands on you, it has to go somewhere. Power has to go somewhere, right? What, what, what stops the power when it goes into the ground? That, that's why you hook a ground wire to the ground when you do electrical things. I'm not an electrician, I don't know. I'm assuming that I'm close. But that's also why people fall on the floor whenever somebody walking in power under overflow lays hands on They're grounding. It's just so much power. There's going to be an electrician in the room DM me after this like, bro, 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 bro. You're going to have to stop giving sermon illustrations that don't make no sense. (laughs) And that ain't true. So I apologize to all of you in here. But in Acts chapter 2 verse 4, We know that the Bible says everybody in the room was filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is the first time anybody in the New Testament is baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you're a student of theology, you're familiar with the law of first mention. The very first time that something is referred to in the Bible gives us a good basis for interpretation throughout the rest of scriptures. So the very first time in the New Testament that anybody's baptized in the Holy Spirit, they're filled with power and they began to do something. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit provides them utterance. In every other scenario in the book of Acts, when people are baptized with the Holy Spirit, they begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. In every scenario, sans one that we don't have evidence for, but I'm going to make a case for it in a minute, so just hang tight. 
Acts chapter two, verse four, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled and they began to speak. They were filled and they began to speak. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. It's an infilling and it's a speaking. It's an infilling and it's a speaking. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. It comes out of my mouth and I begin to speak in supernatural speeches. So in Acts chapter one, verse eight, Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. What we see here in a sense, in a microcosm, is actually a fulfillment of Acts chapter 1 verse 8 in Acts chapter 2 verse 4. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit. They begin to speak, meaning they begin to testify. They all become witnesses. And then the people that hear them declaring the mighty works of God are those from every nation in the known world at this point in time in history. So you see how fast that this is all working. We see an expression of the fulfillment of the Great Commission right here in Acts chapter two. The whole room was filled, everybody's baptized, everybody has the power to witness, everybody speaks in other tongues and everybody tells of the mighty works of God. Jesus promised this baptism, the church received this baptism and everybody who got it spoke in tongues. Now, one of the things about the upper room is that there were 120 people there and every single person in the upper room spoke in tongues. Nobody got left out. Praise God. Nobody got left out. It wasn't like, oh, it's just for the apostles. It's just for the people called to ministry. No, no, no. It was for everybody. Everybody who had waited on the promise of the Father, they received it and they spoke in other tongues. I do want to remind you, though, that the apostles were certainly in the room and all 12 of them were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they spoke with other tongues. Those are the people that write our New Testament. I also want to remind you that Mary, the actual mother of Jesus, was in the upper room when the baptism of the Holy Spirit was poured out and she spoke with other tongues. That's got to throw the Catholics for a loop. You know what I'm saying? Like Mary was a holy roller, tongue talker. That, that's reality. <laughs> Can I also remind you that the brothers of Jesus were in the room and they all received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they all spoke with other tongues. Can I also remind you that every single one of the writers of the New Testament, all prayed in the Holy Spirit, were baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues as the Spirit provided them evidence. Uh, now, uh, we, we, know, uh, we know that the Apostle Paul was not in the upper room because he was a persecutor of the church at the time, but we know he was later baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues because in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than everybody. <laughs> That's very... <laughs> I love the Apostle Paul, man. He's just so, he said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you. <laughs> so here's what, here's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit looks like biblically. Number one, it means to be filled. Everybody say, be filled. And they were all filled. Real question, do you want to be filled? Do you, church, today want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and let me also ask you a follow-up. What are you willing to allow that to look like? What if God wants to baptize you with the Spirit and cause you to speak in other tongues? 
every single person in the upper room, they were filled to overflowing and nobody was left out. This is the first thing we need to understand about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that it is an infilling. It is an infilling. In John chapter 14, Jesus speaking to his disciples, he tells them, I'm gonna ask the Father, and he's going to give you another helper to be with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and, get this, will be in you. I'll not leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you. Jesus had previously told his disciples, there's coming a day, fellas, when I'm going to need to leave you. But when I do, I'm going to send you somebody called the Holy Spirit, and in the same way I've been walking with you, around you, the Spirit's now going to walk with you, but in you. See, what's happening in the Gospels is that it is Christ with them. But in the book of Acts, there's a shifting that takes place into the epistles, and now it is Christ in them. It's no longer Christ with me, it's now Christ in in me. Now you might be thinking, well, it would be so much better, Lord, if you'd walk around with me in the flesh and do life with me. If you'd go to the bank with me and you'd go to grocery shopping with me and I could be BFFs with Jesus and we could hold hands and like walk around together and surely my life would be better. But Jesus said, no, it wouldn't because I need to go to the father so that you can get something even better in this life With the spiritual experience, John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus said, it is to your advantage. Everybody say, my advantage. My advantage that he go go away because if he didn't go away, the helper wouldn't come. But if I go, Jesus said, I will send him to you. This is what enables us, guys, to become the body of Christ. We are now literally the flesh of Jesus. Why? Because we now literally have the spirit of Jesus that has filled our bodies and that's why we can be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? That's, that's how we're the body of Christ because we have the Holy Spirit. And all throughout the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit meets people, fills people, baptizes people, and it happens again and again. It's a similar experience to what took place in the upper room. Now, the second part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is this. We don't, we don't, it's not so controversial like, oh yeah, I'm filled, I'm filled, yeah, I got it. But what about the speaking in tongues part? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're getting crazy now, you're getting crazy. But let's talk about that because the infilling produces something. When we are filled to overflowing, the overflow comes forth from us in speech. This is the spon- is a supernatural, excuse me, it's a supernatural mark of speeches that I talked about last week. The byproduct of being filled is speaking, and in this case, it is speaking in tongues. Now, let's talk about tongues a little bit, about what it is, and uh, I'm gonna refer to this as speaking as the Spirit gives utterance. I said evidence or utterance, speaking as the Spirit gives utterance. So number one, I got two points. Number one, the ability to speak in tongues, you gotta get this, is a free gift. You got to know this, church. The ability to speak in tongues is a free gift. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, the apostle Peter is delivering the first sermon of the early church, and he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift 
of the Holy Spirit. This is a gift. To be baptized in the Holy Spirit and the ability to speak in other tongues is a free gift from God. It is not something, church, that you need to work up, but it is something that you must receive freely. So let me give you a quick mapping of people who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Let's start with the Samaritans, Acts chapter 8. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. Notice, they are believers. They have accepted the word of God. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So now we're seeing there are two experiences. They are distinct. They are separate from one another. I believe, but yet I still need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's what's taking place here for the the Samaritans. So they arrive, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. Uh Uh-oh, this is interesting, isn't it? They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So the Holy Spirit hadn't come upon them and they've already been dunked in water in the name of Jesus. Right? So they needed something else. And then so Peter and John, they placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. The Bible plainly tells us here that that Peter and John were sent to believers in Samaria. And we know these people are believers, but they had yet to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can be a believer and have yet to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it is available to you. Everybody say amen. Let's look at the Gentiles, Acts chapter 10. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on everybody who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. What happened? For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So first we saw the Samaritan believers receive the baptism. Now we see the Gentile believers. All right, last one, Ephesians. Acts 19, while Paulus was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, you got to get this, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so Paul asked, well, then by what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism. And then they, re- they replied. And then Paul said, well, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, which is Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptized then in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Once again here, church, the apostle Paul is preaching to people who already believe. They believe in Jesus, but they were not aware that there was more available for them through the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that the church in this hour is going to experience this exact thing that the Ephesians experienced. They're like, I'm a believer. I've been baptized, but I am unaware that there is more available for me through the power of the Holy Spirit. And God is raising up people like Paul who are gonna preach and prophesy and say, no, there is more. There is more for you and it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Come, receive it, get it, get filled. Be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the very same thing that happened to them in the upper room happened to the Ephesians as well. They spoke in tongues. All right, number two. Let me give you number two about about speaking. The ability to speak in tongues is for everyone. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. I know sometimes people, you know, grow up in an environment where 
They're told, no, it's not for you. It's not for today. It's not going to happen. But in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, Jesus said, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons and they will speak in new tongues. Well, do you believe? Yes. Then it's for you. Acts chapter 2, verse 39, whenever Peter's preaching, he declares this, for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off in East Nashville, Tennessee in 2023, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself, this promise is for you. Well, has Jesus called you to himself? Yes, then it is for you. There is only one occasion in the entirety of the Bible that records that believers, that, that does not record, excuse me, that does not record that believers spoke in tongues when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that is in the case that we read earlier about the Samaritans. However, it does, it does not say that they didn't speak in tongues as if it was an unusual case. We simply did not have direct information that they did. What we do know, however, is that Simon the sorcerer, if you remember him, he watched the apostles pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit. And when they did, he offered to purchase the supernatural ability. So obviously there was something physical that happened. He witnessed that electricity. He said, okay, there's some power here. There's some spiritual power here. There's some supernatural power here. If there was anybody in the audience that was familiar with that kind of power, it would be somebody with the nickname Simon the Sorcerer. And then he sees it happen and he says, can I purchase that? Can y'all show me how to do that? I'll give you money. So we don't know what happened. We don't have evidence that they did specifically speak in tongues when they were baptized, but we know that something happened Something physical took place, as with all other instances of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the entirety of the New Testament. Otherwise, Simon would not have offered to purchase something that he did not see. Something happened. I personally believe that they spoke in tongues. Joyce Meyer said this, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like buying shoes. They both come with tongues. I like that. I like that. Joyce, Mama Joyce. The evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue accompanies receiving the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in every instance but one in the entirety of the New Testament. Therefore, me, as a Bible teacher, I don't teach that if you haven't spoken in tongues, you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I do teach that as the exception, not what's to be expected. So I know one of the major obstacles we face when we consider the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues is these mental roadblocks because we, we try to figure it out. But speaking in tongues cannot be understood by the mind because it's not a mental practice, it's a spiritual practice. So you can't, you can't Georgie and Banoff used to say, don't think, just drink. And that's true. I have friends, you know, more cerebral types, very smart people. And they tend to wrestle with the idea of tongues for this very reason. And if that's you today, don't be shamed, all right? Remember, it's for you and it's a free gift. It's for you and it's a free gift. Uh, this is what Paul said about speaking in tongues, 1 Corinthians 14. He said, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So when you pray in tongues, your spirit prays. You ever been praying before and you ran out of words? You're like, I don't even know what else to pray. I done prayed everything that was on my prayer list. That's when you start praying in tongues because then when you run out of words, the Spirit says, I got you. And you can just keep praying. You can keep praying. You can keep praying. The Spirit can pray through you because that's what happens. And let me answer one question as we close because I get asked this all the time, which is, well, what about an interpreter? You don't have an interpreter. You can't pray in tongues. 
This is a big question regarding the necessity of an interpreter. And Paul distinctly clarifies the two different types of gifts and that there is a personal gift of tongues and there is a corporate gift of tongues. And those two things are two distinct gifts. And you will see that in 1 Corinthians. If you're interested, go read the entirety of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 because Paul is actually teaching the church in an organized fashion to maintain order within the context of a local assembly through operating the in the corporate gift of tongues, not the personal gift of tongues. So what he says is, hey, if somebody stands up takes over the meeting and starts giving up corporate message in tongues, let that not happen more than three times before there's an interpretation. Because if it continues to go on, this is out of line and it's out of order. And I don't prescribe that for you as as a practice. However, the personal gift of tongues is something that Paul obviously practiced all the times, uh, all the time. Otherwise he wouldn't have told uh, the Corinthians, I pray in tongues more than all y'all. So you see two distinct uh, gifts. One is corporate and uh, one is personal. So it's, it's important to, for us to understand that because that's where we get the concept of our prayer language. So when you're in your prayer closet, you're allowed to pray in tongues. You don't need an interpreter sitting in your prayer closet with you. All right, whenever, when you need an interpreter is when you say, I got a message for the whole church in tongues. That's when you need an interpreter. And Paul distinctly clarifies that those things are two separate things. Okay, so if you're in the room today and you're thinking, man, I've, I've pressed in for this, I've asked for this, I've never received this, but I really want it. Let me read one last verse of scripture, Luke 11. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by a son for a fish, will he give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he's asked for an egg, he will not give a scorpion. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, get this, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, To those who ask, all we need to do, church, is ask and receive it like a gift on Christmas. Let's stand together. We're going to pray. There's going to be a prayer on the screen. It's a prayer to use for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I want you to take a picture of it. Use it for yourself or for a friend. Um, We are going to go after this. We're going to go after this. Not right now because we have another service in 17 minutes. And one of the things about revival, and you've heard me say it, revival is spelled W-O-R-K, all right? It's work. We, like I said earlier, we understand there is sacrifice involved in being a part of legacy in this season. And one of those sacrifices is not just waiting in line to check your kids in. It's not just, you know, kind of working your way from the parking lot in here. One of those sacrifices is we want more time. Does that make sense? So, so you guys are like, I kind of like it. Sure, man, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever floats your boat, right? I mean, we, everybody, we had different preferences, different styles of church, different ways. But listen, style does not equate substance. What we want to do is we want to go after substance. Whether we get to do it in a short time or a long time, however long it takes to serve the people of God, we want to be faithful and we want to be good stewards. And this is part of that sacrifice. So what we've done is we've scheduled on Thursday night at our prayer room, if you did not know, we now have a prayer room morning, noon, and night on Thursdays at 900 Gallatin. On Thursday night, yeah, full day of prayer, a, day, a, a full day. On Thursday night, uh, Todd's gonna be there and we're gonna go after baptism in the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues. So if you wanna receive the baptism, I want you to show up on Thursday night at 900 Gallatin, pursue the Lord with us. It's gonna happen at 6 p.m. and we want you to be there, all right? But if you need this prayer, take it into your secret place and share it with a friend. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for being so good to us. 
We pray in Jesus' name that we have blessed your heart today. I know you spoke to me this morning and you said that you wanted to bless people's hearts. You, you told me that, Lord, and I know you have. And so I ask Holy Spirit that you would blanket the heart of each and every person in this room and that it would be comforted and warmed, protected and kept safe. And for anybody in the room that is no longer trusting because of terrible, bad experiences of being sinned against to pursue you in a new and supernatural way, God, I pray that you would melt away all the fear. I pray that you would melt away all shame. I pray that you would melt away all hurt. I pray that you would melt away all unforgiveness. Father, I pray that we would be born again, again, and come forth like newborn babes, just with so much innocence in the spirit and say, I am willing to go after this again. I'm willing to go after biblical expressions of what it looks like to be filled completely and to be marked by revival, supernatural sound sights and speeches. Lord, we want everything that you've got in that word for us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said, amen and amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.